0: Welcome to PCA's one-on-one, Positive Coaching Alliance's podcast series, where we talk with leading experts about how to develop better athletes, better people, through sports.
1: This is Sonia DeWitt, PCA's Senior Trainer Manager and avid longboarder. I'm here with world-renowned professional surfer Sean Thompson, who will be our guest on today's one-on-one podcast. Sean had a 20-year professional surfing career, winning his first pro contest at 17 years old and his last at 30. He was the number one surfer in the world at 19, 22, and also at 29 years of age. He won the Pipeline Masters, the World Cup, and 17 other major professional contests worldwide, including the ASP world title in 1977. Sean is the author of the best-selling books, Surfer's Code and The Code, and the writer and producer of the award-winning documentary film, Busting Down the Door. Sean is a world surfing champion, an inductee in the Jewish and South African Sports Hall of Fame, the U.S. Surfing Hall of Fame, and has been described as one of the greatest surfers of all time and one of the most influential surfers of the century. Thanks for joining us today, Sean.
0: Yeah, with pleasure.
1: So, first question, when and how were you first introduced to surfing and where was that? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, my first introduction was uh, was from my father. Our family loved the beach, and uh, he was an avid uh, swimmer. He was one of top, South Africa's top professionals, uh, not professional, but amateur swimmers um, in his day. And then uh, it was very badly attacked by a shark. It actually destroyed his uh, swimming career. But uh, amazingly, he never lost his love for the ocean, loved the beach. So my earliest memories of our entire family, my mom and my dad, going down to the beach and him teaching me, how to swim, and it was a gradual evolution from learning how to swim into body surfing, and then we had these little surfboards, and ultimately graduating uh, to, to to a big surfboard. So it was just part of uh, my family life from from when I can remember the beach and the ocean.
1: And uh, your dad was also your first coach, is that right?
0: Yes, well, I think in those days it wasn't really called corporate coach. He was just uh, just my supporter. He loved uh, he loved seeing me um, develop a passion and a love for surfing. He loved seeing me uh, develop into uh, from an amateur athlete into a professional athlete. And he had a very, I think, a unique uh, background um, and a, a unique philosophy in terms of how he supported me. He was never one of these. Um, you should have, would have, could have types of dads. He was just supportive uh, and gave me uh, wonderful advice and and in some ways, I think in many ways, just led by example. And I I think it it was a great lesson for me as a young boy and it's something that I've I've just held very close to my heart and I've seen um, what an incredibly positive influence parents can have on children in sport and also I've seen what a negative influence they can have as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, There's a segment in your documentary film, Busting Down the Door, um, that uh, talks about the incident in your hometown when uh, you won a contest that I think uh, was put on by your dad. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that affected you?
0: Yes, my father started the first professional contest with two other guys called the Gunston 500 in uh, South Africa. It was called the, the Durban 500. Initially, that was the town where, uh, where where I grew up. It was a beach town of about 3 million people, which had just fantastic surf. It was where he was born, where I was born. Um, and uh, as I started to do better and better in my surfing, uh, my father not only supported me, but many young, young uh, uh, boys and girls on the beach um, in Durban. And uh, he could see that South Africa needed some uh, uh, foreign uh, influence and, and South Africa needed to compete against some of the best surfers um, in the world. So he started this uh, first pro contest in South Africa. It was actually, it's still the longest running professional surfing event in the world. And um, <clears throat> he invited the, one of the best surfers out at the time, a guy called Midget Farrelly. And the contest became very popular in South Africa. It used to get thirty or 40,000 people down at the beach to watch, which was the biggest sort of audience for a surfing contest anywhere in the world. And as it developed, I would compete every year. And he bowed out of uh, running the contest uh, in the early 70s, but he would still like to stay involved. And uh, what he did is he was um, he was very involved in the organisation, even though he never ran the contest. And he was very he was a big booster and supporter of the event. So I won the event for the first time in 1973 uh, when I was 17 years old. And at the time, there was um, a small group, you know, maybe a half a dozen guys who who didn't feel that I'd won, who felt that the other surfer in the water had won. Um and they um wrote something and put up a sign, Thompson's Go Home. Uh, they perceived the judge the judging wasn't fair. My father had nothing to do with the judging. Um and anyway he um the guy accosted my father on the beach, was drunk and my, they got into a scuffle my father gave him a flat hand, which he which he really regretted afterwards, but the guy was was very abusive towards me and, and, and towards him. So um, I just felt that for me, it was really important for me to succeed internationally. It just gave me a boost in my motivation to succeed internationally because my father was all about honor and integrity and sport. He felt that there was nothing in life worse than someone who cheated at sport, because if you cheated at sport, it was just an indication of true bad character. And um, he, he came from this sort of nobility, this ideal that sport was noble and that people competed um should compete fairly and with absolute integrity so because of what had happened and and I, you know, it gave me a, a very big boost to compete into actually and kind of win for honor and, and that's what i did ultimately i went to hawaii and won everything there was to be won in hawaii and, and i just think that incident really really gave me that motivational boost i needed
1: great thank you um let's talk about the now um I love that you said your goal now is to spread a positive wave around the world. Um, Just how are you going about that?
0: You know, I've had a lot of success in my life. I've had a lot of failure too. I've had a lot of uh, incredible happiness and I've had terrible heartbreak. I lost my, um, my 15 and a half year old son, Matthew to a bad choice. Um, So I think that, that, I've always felt that the ultimate responsibility of, of any professional athlete, even though I retired many years ago, um, I always felt that the responsibility of an athlete is to inspire. Uh, you inspire by uh, by your performance, and you also inspire by your behaviour and how you treat uh, others. Um, you know, I think while your purpose is really important, your telos it's a, it's a wonderful old Greek word. I think your ethos is equally as important. I think those two words are, are, are very are fundamental to any sportsman, your character um, and your purpose. So my purpose since I lost my boy and, and the terrible tragedy that befell my wife and I is, is I really think that it's important to um, for other athletes to inspire young people and try to create this positive way that can be transmitted around the world through people inspiring um, each other. So what I do is I I speak to to maybe 50,000 students, perhaps more, maybe 100,000 students every year. I go around to a lot of schools and community groups, and uh, I talk to young people about committing to positive choice uh, through committing to a personal code, through writing a personal code. It's all based on my first book called Surface Code, which was 12 simple lessons for writing through life, and it was 12 basic principles that surfing has taught uh, me about life. And every line began with our will. It's based on a 12-line code. I will always paddle back out this concept of perseverance. I will understand that all surfaces are joined by one ocean, this concept of camaraderie and, and respect for others. Um, I will take this drop with commitment, and how important it is one wants to succeed, how important it is to commit to, to the, um, the objective. So when I talk to these young people, I hope that by talking to them, I can inspire them to to make a positive choice next time they're faced with a dangerous decision. um, And often these dangerous decisions relate to self-esteem. You know, one friend is trying to get another friend to to do something. I talk to them um, that, you know, they have to think twice. They really have to think twice and they have to be aware of their decisions, that their decisions have repercussions. And, And I felt that one way... To help, one little tool that they can use is to write down their code, their own personal code. Spend half an hour, write 12 lines, 12 lines that are really meaningful to you and share these lines. And, you know, thousands of, again, people around the world are sharing these, these codes. Uh, maybe it's a one line, maybe it's 12 lines, um, whether it's I will have hope, I will... Have faith, I will um, create a positive wave around the world. And, and um, it's just my way of, 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 I think, of giving back to the wonderful uh, sport of surfing and to people that, that, that have given a lot to me and helped me through the, um, the years. Uh, I mean, I'd love to, in my own little way, try to make a difference.
1: Um, what would you tell young athletes uh, to focus on in order to succeed in their spa, sport and positively develop?
0: Um you know this concept of telos, of purpose and ethos character I think is is vitally important. And if I was was an athlete, um and I, I lecture talk to a lot of athletes about this concept of um performance, how to be the best you can be. Not to define your performance relative to others but the ultimate objective is how to be the very best you can be in the context of your purpose and your character so for me I found the easiest way to to talk to athletes is telos purpose ethos character and what really defines your purpose as an athlete first of all it's passion Second of all, it's practice. Those two are intimately interconnected because if you're passionate about what you're doing, the practice just becomes naturally. For me, as a a pro surfer, I know through my career there was no one else in the world that surfed more than I did because I loved it so much. So you have to have the passion, the practice, then you have to have perseverance because you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. So you have to have... You have to want to paddle back out after the loss, because only when you paddle back out can you get the next wave. I think you have to have this attitude of commitment, this concept of of of, of your attitude is like your personal inner force. You have to have this attitude of commitment, and you have to have you have to be able to focus both internally and externally. So the concept of loss purpose, is passion, practice, perseverance, focus, and commitment, then I think one needs to look at how you are internally, because your performance and your confidence is just a byproduct of your character and your purpose. And in the context of your character, I think, firstly, you you must have this optimism. Internally, you, you have to have this concept of optimism and hope, because this drives you this drives you forward. You know, there have been many, many, many studies on on attitude um, of concentration camp victims. I mean, Viktor Frankl wrote this amazing book called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, Abraham Maslow has done wonderful studies um, on uh, self-actualization. And people want to live. They are hopeful by nature. So you need to be able to unleash this optimistic power. I think you need to have honesty in everything you do in athletics, this concept of honesty and integrity, because no matter how successful you are, without honesty and without integrity, it's shallow, it's meaningless. I mean, you you can look, and I'm not going to name the names, but we're all familiar with the names of these biggest stars in sport and the biggest organizers in sport, the very, very biggest at the very, very theoretical top of the pyramid, how these people have fallen from grace through what? Through a lack of honesty and a lack of integrity. And ultimately, it's a lack of respect. It's a lack of respect for what they're doing, and it's a lack of respect for self. And I think along with that also goes this concept of humility. You know, one must be humble in one's victories. And surfing, for me, has really taught me this concept of humility because no matter how good you are, you paddle out there. And even at the top of your game, and the ocean can just really – teach you a lesson because the ocean's so vast. And, I mean, it'll just wipe you out. And then I think um, I think goodwill. I think goodwill to have this goodwill in your heart that you want to help others, that you want to help your sport, that you want to um, transmit this uh, a positive way. So each aspect, telos, purpose, and ethos, character is broken down into sort of these five So for me, it's called the teeth of 10. That's what I like to call it. Combine the two with passion, practice, perseverance, focus, commitment, and then honesty, humility, respect, goodwill, optimism. And while 10 aspects might sound a lot, uh, when when I tell athletes, just write it down. Write these points down and build your own purpose and build your own character around this.
1: Yeah, it is a big concept to grasp and something, you know, that I would think for a 14 or 15-year-old is, you know, a, a big goal to strive for. Um, are there any rituals or gestures um, you consistently perform with competitors or coaches, young aspiring athletes, or th- even the media to enhance the nobility and appreciation of the sport?
0: Um I think this concept of respect um, is very, very important. The concept of respect for self and respect for your sport. You know, I see athletes, and you can sometimes see some of the best athletes in the world, they'll throw a temper tantrum in front of millions of people. Uh, perhaps that might make them, what is that going to make them more well-known? Is that going to make the defeat easier to handle? Uh, for me, it's, it sort of boils down to respect. And I say to athletes, there's a wonderful lesson that, that my father taught said when you lose, lose like a man. And when you win, win like a gentleman. And this concept of losing like a man, it's not sexist. It just means lose with character. And win with character. And for me, that is something I've always tried to do throughout my sporting life. When you lose, you walk up to the winner, you shake his hand, congratulations, and you move on and you put that defeat in a box and you push it away. And sure, you learn from it, but it doesn't, it it can't sort of cloud your future. And I found the best way to do it is is, is to do that.
1: Yeah, it's very similar to what we say at PCA when we talk about honoring the game, which in a nutshell means having respect for the rules, your opponents, official teammates, and also for yourself. Um, do you very think that much this,
0: so. Very yeah, it's, it's, so. it's very similar. I think similar. it's, it's, so, it's uh, this concept of, of, of honor and respect. It's so interconnected, and it's so vital, I think, for... For young athletes to learn at um, a very young age. And also, I think it's vital for, for parents as well to learn that, um, you know, there's so much literature about, um, and you can read from from some top athletes, um, even Vince Lombardi, and you know, a lot of people have taken this quote that he, he wrote um, Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Or first is first, and second is nothing. While these concepts might seem uh, easy to grasp, um, they can, I believe, be very, very counterproductive in one's character development and in and, and one's purpose. Sport is not just about winning. Winning is a component of sport, and winning is a byproduct of creating uh, character.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um that's also what PCA talks about when we talk about double-goal coaches um, whose first goal or one of the uh, double-goal coaches' goal is to win, but the other more important goal is to teach life lessons. Um, do you think that this concept of honor, integrity, or honoring the game, as we say at PCA, is something that the competitive surfing community strives for or even talks about um is there a shift happening? Um, what is your assessment of the current
0: situation? I think there's no... Um, I don't think that there is any uh, push towards developing uh, athletes' character and purpose from the organizers of professional serving. I think perhaps it might come at um, an amateur level uh, where well, there's a number of different um, there's a number of different amateur groups that are involved with surfing, uh, the NSSA which is the National Scholastic Surfing Association which is sort of run on a more uh, traditional sports um, basis but the professional surfing tour is based um, uh, around um, organizing, different event, organizing uh, this tour so that the, the profile of surfing can be uh, uh, amplified through getting the best surfers in the world uh, in the best waves um, and uh, getting people to watch the, these, these incredible performances. So I think the the concept of character development really uh, happens and should happen at, at a younger age. I think once you're in your 20s, it's harder to create a change. Whereas when you're younger, I think it's easier to have your attitude molded then through um, positive values and through um, through this understanding of, like, what's your purpose and how's your character going to interconnect uh, with this. Um,
1: when you moved to Hawaii to pursue a professional career in surfing, did you even have a coach?
0: Well there was no coaches in surfing then i, I mean i think my father was uh, the closest uh, was perhaps the closest person in the world to to a surfing coach he um because he came from a traditional sports background because he was a he was a great swimmer and um, you know he was very i think aware of of uh, of encouraging and supporting me. And I actually, after he passed away in 1981 and died very young from a heart attack, I employed the first coach ever in surfing, a guy called Ian Cairns, an Australian guy who was at that time just ending his professional career in surfing. And I needed, um, I just needed support through that bad time during my my father's life. And I remember Ian ultimately went on to become uh, incredibly successful outside of surfing. He became, um, he had started the uh, we gave a big push to the National Scholastic surfing Association um, with uh, with one of his friends Peter Townend and ultimately went on to become uh, a founder and director of the Association of surfing Professionals but for one year there, he coached me on the tour, and we really I think together developed some great concepts that I used for the rest of my career. so I used these concepts that, that, that we developed uh, for about nine years on the tour and and had great success as, as the oldest competitor in the world against all these hot young guys.
1: Yeah, and then uh, you uh, finished your career at 30, which I think um, you were by far the oldest in that group probably, right?
0: Well, I finished yeah, my second my, my career at... Um, in uh, in 1989, so I think I was thirty, I was thirty four years old, which was 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 way older than anyone ever thought. Of surf uh-huh. you know, generally people thought surfers were like you know, twenty five. That was it. and then You had to go out and 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 do something else. But I, I think I really extended the limits because I loved I loved my surfing. I think I had the focus and the discipline, discipline, the, the perseverance, and, and all these aspects that that, that I've spoken about. Um, you know, and for me. When I speak to young athletes, I really speak, I think, from personal experience and, and, and having used my system with others, I think that um, it's not just uh, conjecture, it's not just philosophy, it's actual, um, you know, it's a working, for me, I've found that this, this actually works in the context of not just surfing but other sports as well. This concept of honor and integrity, character, it's just vital, and the concept of Establishing your purpose its just so important, and you've got to write it down. You have to, as a young athlete, you've got to write it down because when you write it down, it's concrete, and you've got to write our will in front of it because that is a commitment, and you know that you're going to go out and make this happen. And once you've written your words down, as words become ingrained in your in your thought pattern, and ultimately that results in a change of behavior and ultimately results or can result in success. Let's put it this way. You write it down, you have a roadmap, and it's much easier to find your destination with a roadmap than just kind of wandering through the forest.
1: Yeah, I read some of those um, sample letters that students have written out their 12 I will statements, and I must say they were really quite... um, Inspiring um, to think it's that.
0: Inspiring. It yeah, so that
1: teenagers can, what,
0: can. Yeah, go ahead. It's so inspiring what what young people write. So what I what I give is I just give a little tool, I call it like a magic tool. It's just a tiny little tool, and you just write twelve lines. Every line begins with how how well. It's not my magic. It's your magic. It's it's the it's the it's, 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 it's a young person's magic that makes it come alive and makes it actionable. I just supply that like little tools, like a little, I I supply this like, it's not even a pen, it's just a a little outline. And they they put all the magic into that, and and it's theirs. And what's great to me is that when, when students share it and it's so empowering for others,
1: um do you at the end of the sessions have students share it with each other or is it a you know I'm sure it's voluntary, but or do generally students take it home, write it, and then it stays with them?
0: You know it depends sometimes uh you'll speak and and and, and there'll be a break and and uh, I mean I do this at an executive level as well I do it for corporations um and uh, what I often do is a person will write it. And they'll share one anonymously so you maybe you'll have 50 people and and 50 people will share a code one line i will have a i will i will live out loud whatever it is i mean people write the most amazing noble, inspiring lines and then i'll i'll read i'll read them in an open session and we'll discuss it and the person can earn up to whose it was or not i'll just send it in on a piece of paper and it's so um, inspiring to read out loud what's come from someone's heart. Um, and then everyone hears what's in everyone else's heart and what's important to them anonymous, um, anonymously. It, it, it creates an incredible um, electricity and energy in a room. It's like blowing.
1: I'm sure you've uh, read your fair share of really funny ones too. Do you? Can you share one? that really
0: make you laugh out loud? Oh, there's so many many funny ones. Um, um, I will not be a rap singer. (laughs) Generally, people will say something positive about this kid. I will not be a rap singer. And then um, I will not paint my toenails. Uh, You know, sometimes, sometimes kids will write like really noble lines and then there'll be like a line out there that'll just go... Where did that one come from? Yeah. Um, But generally, it's... a uh, Sure, there's humor. But it's pretty... um, I don't know if serious is the right word, but it's thoughtful. And it's Mm -hmm. empowering. That's what it is. It's just... uh, It's power. It's like the power of youth uh, in words. It's, It's just wonderful. It's wonderful to see, like... What's coming from someone's heart and how there is a unifying principle there. When you put our will in front of it, it just makes it simple because it's sort of like, okay, like, I'm going to write something with our will in front of it. It, 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 it is a There's an overt implication of action. Like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a change. Do you know what I mean? Like, our will like I'm, I'm gonna make something happen. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's such a potent, um, it's a potent device. And what, what is great is that the source is so pure because it came from students. A friend of mine said to me, "Sean, this famous surfing break called Rincon is having a severe environmental challenge. I'm bringing a group of kids down to the beach. I want you to give them something so they become more environmentally aware, connected to the ocean." So like at the time, i thought like, what can I give these kids? T-shirts, sunglasses, or what can I do? And I put I'm and I write this little card. And I wrote this card, and I printed it out. And it was called Surface Code, and it was 12 lines. And it was every line began with how will, and it was what surfing had taught me. And I gave them out to the kids. And from there, this groundswell started. And then I started talking to schools and asking kids, well, write your own code. That was my code. Write yours. And so it came from giving something. The kids. So every time someone writes it down and shares something, they give out this good vibe. They give out this goodwill to others, and they help in creating a positive ways.
1: Yeah, I love it. I hope that um, my kids will do this one day. They first will have to learn how to read and write. But
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. I have one last question for you, Sean, and I want to know what your favorite surf break is right now.
0: <laughs> well, my fav- favorite surf break in the world is a place called Jeffrey's Bay in South Africa.
1: Okay, they and call your it,
0: favorite? They call it those super tubes, I love it.
1: And uh, your favorite local break? I know you live in Santa Barbara, right?
0: Yes, I love surfing Rincon. Rincon's a Rincon. Rincon. It's, it's my
1: Yeah, it's my second most favorite surf break in the world, it's Rincon. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> well, your favorite? My all-time favorite would have to be 30th Avenue here in Santa Cruz, right outside my house. Ah, okay, good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it was very awesome to chat with you, very interesting. Um, I think a lot of your concepts just perfectly align with PCA, and was interesting to learn how you go about it. And um, I hope to talk to you again soon in some form or another.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much for having me on my show and letting me share my message. Thanks for joining us on this episode of PCA One-on-One. Be sure to visit positivecoach.org to download more podcasts.